Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast or Radio Show. Coming to you on this Wednesday, May the 27th, just about 3.30. I have a special guest in the house today. Dr. Lindsay Bear is with us. She was born and raised in the beautiful state of Nebraska, Norfolk to be exact. After high school, she played basketball at Northwest Missouri State, balling out of control. She attended medical school at Kansas City University and completed her residency at Kansas University Medical Center, moved out to beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona, where she has been ever since, and she is in emergency medicine. Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes. Uh, Is it Dr. Bear or Lindsay? What works for you today? You can call me Lindsay. I figured, right? (laughs) Uh, do you feel fancy when people call you doctor, though? Uh, sometimes I do. Or you're used to it? I'm used to it um, most of the time at work, besides my patients. Most people call me Lindsay. So, like, the first, like, when you, because, again, you guys go to school for, like, 10 years, right? Pretty close. Basically. So, like, when you get done, are you, like, just super jacked for people to call you doctor, or you kind of just, like, doesn't really matter? Uh, I think it's cool. I mean, even sometimes when I introduce myself as Dr. Byer to my patients, they still end up calling me a nurse, so. <laughs> yes. Oh, didn't you, t- you told me a story one time, right? Like, about a dude. Like, he, like, I'm trying to remember what you, because it was a while ago. You're like, he's like, oh, yeah, you're pretty smart for, like, a lady or something like that. And you told me, like, a similar story. Oh, uh, yeah, I've had many situations like that. It's, like, older dudes, though. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. That for some reason they just can't equate women as being a physician. Yep. So I guess the million dollar question, uh, I guess why medicine or like when, when do you make the choice? Like when you're 12, you're like, yeah, I want to be Doogie Hauser, or you're just like at some point you decide that's the route to go. I think mostly in college is when I decided I wanted to go into medicine. And I think playing basketball, we, we always had a team physician, at least in my first year. And so I thought his job was really cool to be around athletes, and he was an orthopedic surgeon. So that's originally what I thought I was going to go into, and that kind of made me interested in medicine. And I always liked science and anatomy, and I liked learning and and basically striving for something more. And so that kind of led me to want to get into medical school. So, like, when you first go to school, like, you're going to play basketball. Did you have an idea, like, your freshman year? Did you pick a major or just, like, I'll figure it out when I get there? Yeah, I think my freshman year I decided I want to do pre-med, so I kind of stuck with that the whole four years. And, like, high school, good grades? Yep. Yeah. Like, what was your GPA? You remember? I think it was 3.9, and the only reason why I wasn't a 4.0 is because my best friend in high school – uh, I was helping her cheat in religion class. Nice. And so <laughs> I, like I got that. a bad grade on a test, and it took my GPA down. Because <laughs> you like you would she would let her cheat off your papers, or you would do work for her. Uh, she was cheating off my paper in nice. a religion test. <laughs> and the teacher caught you, and she's like, "Hey, yep. asshole." Uh-huh. Honestly, like I'm trying to think, high school. My GPA was probably like a 2.5. I mean, I would say. I remember like when they do the class rank. I was the fifth from the bottom. Like, so I feel bad for those other four idiots who are below me. Cause <laughs> I didn't try with the shit. In college, I did try, but I'd be real, I cheated a lot. Like, if there wasn't, like, cool people around me, like, I would have failed. Probably yeah. a lot. I mean, I memorized a lot, but I couldn't imagine, like, so you go through, in college, good grades in college, I assume? 
Yeah, I had. You have to. I think I had a three point nine then too. And you just fucked up one class. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember what it was? Um, you were required to t- take a Missouri government class, and nice. that was the class that I think I got a B in it. Didn't spark your interest. No. And so you graduate school, and then what does the process look like after that? So senior year, you're done, and then what do you do? Yeah, so during my senior year, I had to apply to medical school to start the next year. Um, And so I got in, like, in the spring and knew I was starting um, in July. So I moved down to Kansas City and started from there. And, like, how hard is was it for you, medical school? I think the first few months were really hard um, just because it's so overwhelming, the amount of information that you're required to learn in a short amount of time. And so in that regard, it's a lot different from college because I could pretty much study the night before tests in college and be fine. Because you're, like, in, super genius? You just can bullshit it? <laughs> well, there's less to learn. Yeah, except, like, I would go to, like, the math tutor and cry myself to sleep and get, like, a B, and I had to cheat to do that. But then yeah, you study the night before and just get straight A's. So, okay, I'm following so far. <laughs> but, like, so when you go to medical school, you're, like, working at the same time? No. No, I didn't work. There might have been a few people in my class that worked, but I think it would have been really hard to work and have any sort of time for anything else because I still wanted to see my family and have some sort of social life outside of medical school. But I know some people did work. But, like, you're doing homework, like, hours and hours a night or studying anyway? Um, Yeah, I mean, I remember when we went through orientation, they basically... We're like, you're going to be in class for four hours every day, and then you should be studying like that amount of time every night. And I think that overwhelmed me more than anything else because I'm like, when am I going to have time to do anything else or work out or do anything? And in reality, like once you get the hang of it and figure out what you need to do, um, it's not that amount of time. I mean, you have to stay on top of everything, but it's not eight hours a day doing everything and that goes on for what a couple years yeah the school part of it is two years and then you do two years of clinicals where you're actually in the hospital doing clinical work and at that point like are you still stuck i mean you're still like getting graded i guess or studying stuff or like or you're just like playing fake doctor basically (laughs) <laughs> kind of playing fake You're doctor, like the shitty version. That you're the person I get like, oh, fuck, I got this fake doctor here. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, you, you're learning on the job, essentially, right? Yeah. Um, after the rotation, then we'd have to take a test in that rotation. So you're still doing some book work and tests, but a lot less than the first two years. And then you do that for the two years, and then you, like, you take like boards, I guess, or something, right? Yeah, there's three boards in medical school. The first one's the worst because it's all of the nitty-gritty science stuff that you have to learn and you don't necessarily use. Like how much, if you took it today, would you pass it? Like right, if I give it to you right now? No. <laughs> I don't know. There's no way, right? You can't. I would like to think that I would, but probably not. Or barely pass it, probably. Yeah. Well, I think like from like fitness, right? So I'm a dumb fitness guy. If I had to go through like all the insertion origin points and stuff, I would I would fuck some of them up. Yeah. Because like we don't talk to people here like that. Like they don't care about fe- like I don't ever say femur here. I don't say supinate pronate here yeah. because people don't understand. Yeah. And you guys are probably the same. Yeah. Interesting. 
So the first one's the worst. Yep. And then you take two more after that. Yeah. And at that point, like, when do when do people get weeded out? I guess I'm just curious. Um, they at least my school. I think we started with like 240, which is a really big class for a medical school. I think most are like around 100 or less, but. Um, they really try to keep you there. So if you fail a test, you can retake it. But after a couple times, if you're just continuing to fail tests, then they'll they're flunk like, you you're out. Gonna, you're going to fuck people up if you become a doctor, basically. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, you're no good. Yeah. So I think maybe 10 people in my class or 10 to 20 um, didn't graduate. Oh, wow. So by the time you're like actually like doing your rounds and stuff, you're kind of you're probably going to make it unless like something yeah goes wrong because you're at that point you're what six seven seven eight years in well yeah i mean if you're considering residency seven years yeah Yeah. so it'd be kind of hard to turn around yeah that's rough wow so okay you do that and then you just said hey i'm gonna move to scottsdale or how do you end up here basically well, I wanted to get out of the Midwest for a little bit. and You did? Yes, Why would you want to get out of the Midwest? <laughs> for one, the weather. Yes. Um, Agreed. And actually, one of my attendings in residency knew one of my current coworkers because they went to residency together, and I had a, a really good friend that lived down here, and so I knew I really liked it because I had been here a couple times visiting her, and it all just kind of worked out that way. And then, I guess, so you pick medicine because, like, oh, it seems cool. I can help people. And emergency room, how does that, that just became the thing? Or why is that the route you took? Or it just happened? Yeah. I did a rotation in my third year of medical school, I think. And I liked it because I'm not a person that does well when I'm just sitting around not doing a lot. And so I like to be busy um emergency medicine you really never know like what your shift is going to be like or what's going to come in the door and so even though that's stressful sometimes it's also like it keeps you on your feet I'm way more efficient when I'm busy and I also like that you get to see all ages so I see babies to 100 year old people and so it's always different every day and I like that part of it and probably some crazy shit yeah. Yeah. So, like, like typical, I guess I'll go before I even go that route. If you had to do it over again, would you probably go the same route, or would you maybe do something different? Since you're kind of, you're not pot committed at this point, but yeah, I mean, it's a lot of school. Yeah, I think the only, I mean, there are downsides to emergency medicine. For one, there's no consistency to my schedule. So, if I were to do it again, I maybe would pick something where I'd have more of a, a set schedule. Um, and not work weekends would be a bonus. For sure. Because, like, you go to work tonight, right? Yeah. What time you go in? At 10. Till when? Um, 6 a.m. And then you have the day off after that or no? Yeah. And then when do you go back after that? I work Friday at noon. So 10 p.m. till 6 a.m., then you're off, and then Friday at noon till? 6. It's a short shift with what's going on. So your sleeping schedule is probably gnarly. Yeah. That would be the worst. I would. I mean, my. I mean, I get up early every day, but it's the same. Yeah. I'm like a robot. Wash, rinse, repeat. It's pretty simple. Yeah. It has to be rough. Yeah, that's one thing I noticed because in April my hours were down quite a bit, and the shifts that I wa- was working was mostly during the day, and I like 
man, I feel great. This is I'm awesome, right? On a normal schedule, I'm sleeping and getting up at the same time every day. Um, and that's just something that I normally don't get at all. So, like, because of the pandemic stuff, you guys weren't as busy, obviously, so you worked less hours. Yeah. And it's kind of normal. I will say that, like, and it, it sucked not being here for two months because I just, I'm this weird, I'm, a, I'm an internet person then, and it's as awesome as it is, and I'm blessed to do it, it's fucking weird for me because, like, you live on the internet. I go, but I will say this, not having to wake up at 3.50, even just, like, 30 minutes later, and I felt like a different human. Yeah. Like, my workouts are better. I not to saying I have brain fog, but like some days I wake up and I'm like I'm questioning my sanity. I felt amazing, and Heather, which you know my wife, was like not having to travel and fly. Yeah, you feel so much better as a human. Yeah. So it would be cool if we could all like we won't, but if we could take some, I'm going to try to take some semblance of that and roll it into this this phase of life because I'm like I felt so great where there was other days where I used to drive here, and again there's times where I've worked 100 hours a week or way more. I like driving here, and I'm like. I don't even know how I got to work and that can't be like a healthy <laughs> thing. And I'm not saying like you get that as a doctor, but like you're a normal person. Yeah. Like we're normal people. I've known you for a long time now. Like we, we all have the same feelings and the same shit and we only have a bandwidth for so much. And if I'm tired here with like you, you're probably not going to die. <laughs> like you're yeah. going to push the sled. Really like, but if you're tired at work to that point, you might like just do say some dumb shit or give some bad advice. Yeah. And you guys really can't afford to do that basically. Yeah, and I mean, most of the time during the day, that's not an issue, but when I work these night shifts towards the end, you just get to a point where you get really tired, and you're definitely not concentrating as much as you are when you're there during the day. You're trying, but, like, you only, like, again, it's so much brain power to, like, okay, how do I deal with this person? I've been here for seven hours already. I can't keep my eyes open. Shit. Yeah. That's gnarly. But literally, when you're there, it's like they see, is it just you? There's like a nurse, probably an intake person, something like that. Yeah, they see multiple people. So like when you go into, like, how does a normal shift work? Like when you go in tonight, what does it look like? You show up and I don't know. Basically, I go in. um, Since I'm working at one of our smaller hospitals, I'm going to take over for the previous doctor that was working. And I'll take over any patients that he they don't have a disposition yet of whether they're going home or need to be admitted and so I'll take over on those patients and then anybody else new coming in I'll see them and that's it yep just all night long yep and some I'm assuming sometimes are way busier and sometimes it's more chill yeah especially the the hospital that I'm working at tonight is very volatile and so what does that mean we never really know how to staff it because it could be you could see two people overnight or you could see 30 like you just never know um we always have backup available if we need help and someone else to come in but like they're on call yeah yeah and like i'm not gonna ask like can you share stories of stuff yeah if you don't put names to it right like what's like a crazy thing like you come in you're like oh shit this is going on tonight or like in the last like i'm sure like so this season obviously during this like most people know like a lot of the hospitals at least in arizona weren't busy yeah like at all like they're laying off people people they're furloughing people or your hours are reduced because we didn't get the you know knock on wood thankful we didn't get this crazy surge of yeah shit going on but like is there anything in the past month or two months or three months you're like oh yeah that was kind of a weird thing yeah um and i've seen people come in that 
like one time I saw a girl who came in for abdominal pain and I think the PA saw her first and came out and was like, I think you should go in here. Um, I think she might actually be pregnant, but she swears she's not. And so I go in there and she definitely looks very pregnant. And so <laughs> like, like I would see her and I'd be like, she's like, yeah, I, I, first of all, unless I see the kid coming out, like I don't say anything cause I don't want to be that dude. Yeah. But if I saw her, I would think she's pregnant. Yes. Okay. But she sure. doesn't think she is. No. <laughs> and then so. you're the one who like has to tell her or, how, or do you not? Well, I was just like, are you sure there's no way that you're pregnant? And she's like, no. And so I just grabbed our ultrasound cause we have one in the ER and I, stick it on her abdomen and I'm like you are definitely pregnant <laughs> what the heck, and she ended up delivering I think like that next morning no shit um so she's like it's to go time yeah so How she was having contractions that's what her abdominal pain was um how would you not know that I don't know I don't know if it's just denial and she had a a boyfriend too so i don't know like how somebody what else is his went deal? like how does he like <laughs> yeah. if, if heather came in here and like hey jeremy is heather pregnant like no she's cool <laughs> and like you have a kid the next day like how would you not know that uh, yeah i don't know i don't get it that's so, gnarly bro and we do see stuff like that um but sometimes i think people think my job is like what they portray on tv and i'm like no it's not like that we're not oh, like, like trauma shit yeah yeah that's not what you guys do we we do have a trauma center but i mean we have trauma surgeons and they mostly take care of those people um so it's not like we're not running into every room with like a crash cart and no um most of the people that come in are relatively stable like you see idiot like me like who on like new year's eve i like stab my hand accidentally with a knife and it's bleeding and i'm like hey i fucked up yeah i need some stitches and you do the basic shit yeah and then send me on my way yep that makes sense so like overall you've been how long you've been a like a real, I don't, know, I don't know what the normal term is, a real doctor for. Um, I guess if you're considering when we graduate medical well, school, how do you we're doctors. Say, how do you say when someone says, how long have you been practicing medicine for? So I've been here almost thir- th- five years, I guess. Um, so I would say that's how long I've been practicing. What, do you know why they say practice medicine? Like we practice it, you know, like do you practice accounting? <laughs> do I practice fitness? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Do, what do you do? I practice basketball. <laughs> it's weird, though, that we do that with medicine, right? It is weird. It's because you're like, we're just trying shit out, seeing what works. I, I mean, that is part of it. Yeah. I was always just curious. Yeah. Like, we don't do that with other things. Yeah. It just seems so like, I practice dentistry. Like, are you, are you doing it? or are you, <laughs> What are you practicing before then? You know what I'm saying? Like, when yeah. is the game? I guess that's what I'm yeah. asking. But so, for doing it for five years, like, what is it what you expected? different worse better the good the bad the ugly of it um and there's a lot of things that you don't expect like when you go into emergency medicine for example there's patients like mental health um a lot of people that come in that don't need to be there um we see a lot of like agitated and combative patients and so like they're just pissed off yeah like at you or just or, in general or they're on drugs or for whatever reason well, sure. and so we have to restrain them and like the other night i had a kid that was intoxicated and he was spitting at everybody and so like how old is this dude i think it was 19 and he's just like fucked up yeah like he was out partying or something yeah and then in this climate now he's spitting on people is that like, do you go Correct. to like prison for that? 
no. I mean, because like that's like because <laughs> now it's like, well, shit. Now if you're if you are at the grocery store and you're close to somebody, sometimes they'll scream at you. But this dude is spitting on you guys. Yeah. Then do people freak out? Or you guys are kind of just like, fuck. This is what we deal with. Um, I think for the most part, people are just like, this is normal for us, you know. Yeah. Um. So but what, do do, what do you do with a dude like that? He, they get restrained if we can't get them to calm down. Yeah, like doctors and nurses come in and like. We have security, security that comes guardian. in and they'll restrain him, and um, sometimes we give him medication to calm him down. But Jesus. that's the part of it that you know when you're going into medicine, that's not what you thought you would be taking care of it dealing with. They don't have that in the guide. Like, hey guys, by the way, no. this is the shit you're gonna see. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, for the most part you're seeing people that are sick that need to be there and so that's the good part of it and you can make an impact on someone's life and so I like that part of it um but there there's ups and downs to every job yeah what's the worst is it the schedule or just like because obviously like we can talk healthcare in America and whatever and like I don't have there's not a perfect system I don't know enough about it like but obviously like we have issues that go on with it it's a it's something to help people, but it's also a business. Yeah. And so that's a huge with drugs, treatment, with everything. Like, I don't know how you, and I'm going to have Jeremy Williams come on and yeah. break it down for me like I'm a two-year-old. But, <laughs> like, we run it. It can't be run like a Target. A Target yeah. is a business, but Target doesn't save lives. But yet, the hospital has to make money yeah. to pay you guys to pay people for everything. So I'm sure that there's some stuff with that. But other than that, I mean, like, your schedule is probably not ideal. Yeah. I think the schedule is probably one of the biggest downsides and then and sometimes you we have 12 hour shifts and so you're seeing all these people for 12 hours um it gets stressful you don't really have a lot of downtime and so it just exhausts you (laughs) you're not as fresh in hour 12 correct basically yeah but in most of the people that come like i'm assuming they're like legit people but then i'm sure you also get people who come and it's like you guys didn't need to come here for this shit yeah and so, I guess through this, the current season we're in, what have you like seen in the places you've been since we don't have it here compared to like a New York where it's crazy or somewhere else? Like as far as what kind of patients are coming in? Yeah, obviously like there's probably a time where, you know, we did all these things so you guys could get the supplies, apparently like that's what we yeah. did. And yet you saw way less people in the last what yeah. two months, you would say? Yeah. Yeah, and overall, they said our volumes are down 40%, and so we've cut shifts, um, we've had hours cut. We're seeing basically the same people, just less amount, Um, and as far as the COVID cases that we've had, um, our hospitals anyway haven't been overwhelmed, and we haven't had a big surge, um, which has been good for us, Um, but also, you know, I've I've listened to physicians that their cardiac units, they're down 40% as well. And so all these people that are having heart attacks, you know, they're like, where are these people? Because they're not coming into the ER. And so they're just, are they dying at home basically? I think so. Yeah. And that's like, so they're scared to go to the hospital because they're scared to get coronavirus yet. They're having a heart attack at home and that's what's killing them. Yeah. That's like a problem. Yeah, and I've seen patients that, you know, have waited. I saw a spinal cord compression that she waited two weeks because she was so scared to come in, and 
strokes that don't come in right away like they should and so people are so scared to come in that they're not coming in when they need to right now so your spinal cord is compressed like clearly you're in pain yeah like to a level that's like can they can walk right no she couldn't walk and then is just laying at home yeah for weeks and then finally comes in because it's probably so unbearable yeah like that is just insane to me so obviously like you guys have seen less people typically overall yeah and you find they just they stay home because the media, the news, all the stuff is. And again, it's a real thing, yeah. obviously. But in your medical opinion, would you stay at home if you're having a stroke because you're fear of that? I mean, like, no. the stroke is like it's immediate. Yeah. Like you need fucking like if you're having a heart attack, bro. Like it doesn't matter. Like yeah. I would I would imagine I would like if I get something else, I get something else. But like I have to go in. Yeah, that is just insane to me. I know. Well, and that's what I think, like, when we look at, like, if they pull stats of stuff, like, it's not like during this, there's less heart attacks. Yeah. There's less strokes. In fact, I would imagine it would be the same or the stress of it would might cause more. Sure. Yeah, they've actually seen strokes and heart attacks related to the coronavirus um, because they've seen people are more, um, like, hypercoagulable. And so they're getting more blood clots, more strokes more heart attacks and they also think from the inflammatory part of viruses that it's causing that as well like the respiratory shit yeah it's so like and stress mm-hmm. so both yeah like you can worry yourself into being like crazy sick well i'm saying the stress of the virus on the body that's yeah. creating inflammation this. yeah and then they just stay at home and don't come get help yeah so your advice to somebody if you're having a heart attack would be... Come to the ER. <laughs> yes, like immediately. So like as, you, as you've seen this, and obviously you are in a different community than me, like your overall take on like what is going on here? I think as far as in Arizona... Because um, every state is different. Yeah. Like in... I'm not a political person. I, don't, I think that's probably the only way you can do it, right? Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, obviously New York, they have way less um, space. People are living oh. on top of each other. So They're in apartments. Yeah. yeah. And Mass so transit, it's just subway. not like that here. So I think it's completely different situations. Um, but I think here, since we've seen our numbers haven't been as high as elsewhere and you know, the main point of flattening the curve was so that we could delay having a big bolus of patients at once to overwhelm the healthcare system. And we've definitely been okay here so far. And so I think reopening is appropriate. I think we can start getting back to our our new normal, I guess. Yeah. And like, how long does that go on for? You know what I mean? Like, how long do we, for... 20 years 10 years two years i mean hopefully we would get a vaccine um which i mean i don't think is going to be soon it's still probably going to be a a year at least but i guess until then until we have a better solution and i wonder too like when i go places like how how much i guess initially you think like we're in the middle of this and a lot of us are like you know we're freaked out like we don't know what's going on and then obviously as data comes out and you see certain things like okay we see it's maybe not this but it's this and we can do certain things and we can now live life this way and we take the precautions like obviously we do here like i'm sanitizing the earth here every single day which is fine but i'm me like when i go to the grocery store like no offense like 
how hard is that kid really giving a shit who's wiping down the cart? Like, is he really yeah. trying super hard? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I wonder like how like how the attrition of that goes on as as people. The phrase I hear sometimes is like people are like, "Oh, I'm over it." I'm like, "Well, it doesn't. Yeah. It's still here. It doesn't. It's not going away. It's just something we live with, like a bunch of other stuff." But they're like, "I'm over it." I'm like, "Well, what do you mean you're? It's just. It's not going to be done, bro. Like it's still <laughs> yeah. going on." So I I wonder that like how long people will just keep doing this, and that, that's what I mean like by the. That's why I ask like your take on it because like the fear of it for people, where if you have friends like we do too. That and again, I don't care what side of the fence people are on. Like, do what you feel comfortable and what's best for your family. But staying at home for like six more months, I don't see like that as like a viable option. Because yeah. a we have an economy like we do have to make money. But like, I think the PTSD from that can cause like some mental yeah. health issues for sure. Yeah. Like, could you imagine if you stayed in your house for six more months? No. Like you would probably drive yourself crazy. For sure. Would you not? Yeah. But you have friends who are probably freaked out a little bit um i have friends that have kids i think they're a little bit more fearful and then i mean my coworkers that have kids that have to go home too i think um they've also been more fearful than me because i'm going home and i live by myself so i don't have to worry about bringing it home to somebody else Whereas if you had kids or you had, I have some coworkers that have their parents living with them. And they're older in the, I guess, what would you call it? Uh, higher risk category, yeah. essentially. Yeah. But if you knew someone who's listening, who's 37 and no underlying issues, they're healthy, they hopefully eat real food, exercise, would you tell them to just stay at home and avoid people for the next six months? No. Because that's going to jack them up probably. Yeah. I would think. I think you still be careful, but... Like, don't go to Coachella if they had it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, but again, there's not... I don't think there's anything... Ma- like, what are you comfortable doing? Everything? Um, I haven't gone out to eat. I haven't gone to any gyms yet. Yeah. Um, Except I here. definitely haven't gone to the bar. I mean, I'm comfortable going to the grocery store. I think I would go to eat if it was a restaurant that's participating like, in the distancing like aspect if your girlfriend came to town and you wanted to go to like Mastro's or something like you would feel fine doing yeah. that yeah but probably not El Jefe or no one of the, one of the clubs <laughs> no, here nor am I really going there anyways no, well, anymore <laughs> well I said that too I'm like people are like well, you know would you ever go to this I'm like well first of all I'm a master at social distancing because I'm like I'm a mutant robot anyway although I love our people here and so like I'm comfortable with them but I don't. I'm not a huge group person anyway, so I wouldn't find myself going to, like, yeah. a pool party at the W. It's yeah. not my thing. Like, just your. This is just your personal opinion. Like, what do you feel about that? I think the bars and the pool parties and stuff. I mean, from as much as we know right now, I don't think it's the smartest thing to be doing. Um, to be in a pool with 800 other people getting correct. shit-faced. Yeah. <laughs> just because like there a you're, there's a ton of people at once, but then they're just you're not making probably the smartest well, it's decisions. like it's like hooking up on tinder probably like yeah. it's probably not a great choice anyway and yeah. probably in the current climate yeah i think there are some things that you can do now in public but that's probably not the smartest thing to be doing yeah and like what about like sports and stuff like how does that work i'm interested to see how everything will be yeah yeah um and i think that like the NFL's still talking about having their season. It's just whether they're they going to have, have a crowd. 
They will have fans. And how they're going to do all it of that. It is May 27th. The NFL will ha- I can. Um, I would bet my life on it. Yeah. It's the NFL. Like, I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm not taking a stance. But, like, people, it's like they own a day of the week. It's, like, as powerful as church for people. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Like, I have friends, like, who would go to the Vikings game, like, they would do go through anything to go there. Yeah. Packers fans. You know how it is. Yeah. Kansas City. Like, would you go to a game? It's in September. H- yeah, it's hard to answer because yeah. who, who knows? In September, what it could be way worse again because yeah. then we're heading into the fall where we typically see higher incidence of viruses. And so, I don't know at this point. Yeah. But, like, do you think, like, if they had fans spaced out, like, that's a thing? It's better than obviously having probably 100,000 people there. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've watched, like, some of the the UFC fights, uh, and there's nobody there. Yeah. They have no fans. And uh, they test everybody before they go there, so it's it's different. I don't mind watching it. And I know the NBA is going to play. But I think in Disney, with no fans whatsoever. I was just curious because I did a talk. Like with uh, University of Minnesota Morris baseball team, and I it wasn't until I got off the podcast where I'm like, I just talked to these kids and like they're not playing sports again. I'm like they're fucking done, and I'm yeah. like I felt terrible because like you and I both played. I couldn't imagine being like, hey dude, um, it's your senior year, uh, the tournament's about to start, and you're done. Yeah. How shitty would that be? Yeah. It's a like how pissed would you be right now? Yeah. And even like being a medical person and knowing that, it would still be tough to swallow. Because yeah. what do those kids do? It's over. I know. They don't go back. And how does that work, like, with youth sports? Yeah. I mean, what do you... I mean, I'm I'm, I'm saying, like, they're going to play youth sports. Yeah, I think... But how does that, like... Basketball. Okay, so I always use this... And again, I'm not a medical person. I'm an idiot fitness guy. Uh, I'm here. I wipe down everything here 87 times a day. My hands are the, the grossest, crustiest, like, <laughs> antiseptic things ever. I think they're nuclear almost. But... Like, we wiped on all this stuff, so nobody touches it after yeah. Jamie doesn't touch it after Rick, Cindy after Brad, whatever. It's a basketball. Now, I don't know you, but when I played the game, I licked my hands probably 30 times a game, or at least every time I think I was going to get to shoot. <laughs> and I spit on the ground, I wiped my feet, I blew my nose on my shirt. And yeah. I'm one dude of 13 on a team. Yeah. How does that work for a 10th grader? Yeah, I mean, I I know for professional, they'll just test them before every time they play. For but sure. I don't see that happening before a youth sports <laughs> game. <laughs> no, for sure <laughs> so, no. So how do they play? I think that they probably aren't going to have any of that stuff for a while until we figure out how bad this is going to continue to be and if there's going to be an answer for it, like a vaccine. But eventually, I don't think that we can just not allow anyone to do anything because it's it's the same like the flu it's always going to be around it's going to be here every year people are going to get it um but hopefully we'll just come up a way that's better to deal with coronavirus because it it is more serious as far as a respiratory illness um, for sure than the flu and people get a lot more sick with it. Um, so and it's more I think contagious. That's the, difference. It's, yeah. that's the thing. Like it spreads easy. So that's what I wonder. Like, do kid like do kids just not play sports for a year? I don't see that like as a as a thing. Do yeah. You? I don't think it will be for a whole year. But then you have schools that aren't colleges that aren't going to be here what next do you think about year. That? So 
I think that like, you know, we don't have kids, so like I'm not gonna say from a parent standpoint, yeah. but like, do you not like? So does Michigan? Does Ohio State? Does University of Minnesota? Just it's all Zoom. I think it's hard because That's you know different. that population with the age. They're usually they're young. They're usually healthy. They don't have comorbidities, which is not the population that we're seeing that's getting sick or having deaths um at the same time at a college you have all these people in a dorm and a small space and they're all congregated together so it is somewhere that the virus could spread quickly and infect a bunch of people and they're from all over the world usually or at least north america but in college now it's international and let's be real like we're making some bad decisions in college yeah. Some real, I made some real poor life choices <laughs> at about Thursday, about 3 a.m. that I wish I, someone could take some of them back. So I can see that being uh, difficult, but like, do they just, can you just like not go to school the whole time? It just doesn't seem like a feasible thing. Yeah. For the universities, from like a, a business standpoint, obviously, and just an educational standpoint, like, it, as much as like, and again, I think technology is great. We do a lot with it here, but it won't be the same for you to do, like, for you. Yeah. Like, you're the medical student. You're going to do it from your house? Yeah. That'd be tough. I know. And like the lectures, that would be easy to do from your house. But the actual, I mean, we worked on cadavers. You have anatomy. You have all that stuff that you can't really do online. It's kind of important. Yeah. Yeah. And like for high school kids, middle school kids, like that's the one thing too I think is kind of crazy. Like where it's these, the kids, like the ones, in, in Scottsdale might be different where like some of these kids... They might have iPads and computers and stuff, but the kids in, like, let's say South Phoenix, you know, lower economic backgrounds, they don't have computers. How do they do school? Yeah. And so we're going to hold them out for another year? Yeah. I mean, I think they're going to have to, I think most schools will go back. Arizona should go back, but it's just going to be different in how they go back, and they're going to have different social distancing things at the school. Well, that's the thing, too, like, and again, there's no answer to any of this. I'm just always curious to get people who are smarter than me like their take but like a little kid like we haven't done any youth stuff here um since this kind of kicked off like three months ago whatever they're adults it's hard enough to get adults to follow rules like you can watch the news you can watch anything but you know a group of seventh grade girls to not touch each other to not does that how does that happen like, that's a tough thing to navigate. And yeah. at school, hey, sit over here, you sit here, don't touch each other, don't high-five, don't do anything. How do we police that? Yeah. That'd be rough. Man. It is hard. So, to your take, uh, so you personally, let's go that route quick. Uh, how do you eat as a medical person? Healthy for the most part? I try to eat healthy for the most part. Um, my schedule definitely makes it a little bit harder, but um, and overall... I would say like 85% of my diet is usually healthy um, with more natural stuff like vegetables, fruits. Really? Real meat. food? <laughs> oh, shit. Makes sense. Um, uh, booze? Yeah. I do drink sometimes. Daily? Um, no, not no. daily. Maybe once or twice a week. And then exercise, obviously? I work out pretty much every day in some capacity. Um, I did happen to buy a Peloton bike right before all this happened, so it was pretty convenient to have something at home that I could at least do. 
Um, so I've been doing that a lot. And then at least here during all of this, it was pretty nice out the beginning part. Now it's got pretty hot, but we could at least go outside and do stuff. Whereas other places couldn't do that as much. No, I did say like it was like, it, it, this sucked ass. I don't think anybody can say it didn't. But uh, and, and it feels terrible for the businesses here because like if you guys know Scottsdale is seasonal, so like where the restaurants and bars here crush it, yeah. they just get murdered the last two months. Yeah. And the only thing like Heather and I would say is like we're so thankful we have a pool and that the weather is perfect here. Yeah. Because it's like you know you're already stressed, you're freaking out because like we think like the world is going to end, and him like well shit, at least I'm in Scottsdale and the weather's yeah. nice. Like I could be stuck in Minnesota where it's fucking terrible. Yeah. So, like, for you, from the standpoint, like, what you've seen, the data you look at for people, like, is there tips you'd give people right now? Because I think one of the things we've done, like, through this, and again, I, again, I would hate to be, I think, first of all, I think being, like, a president would be the worst job in the world because yeah. half the people hate you. Okay. Uh, I think if, and again, I, to be real with you, like, I didn't really know shit about the governor until, like, this went on, and then I would watch the news things because he basically says what we can do. Yeah. Um, terrible job as well. Because he gets murdered. I just read yeah. the comments. I literally go to the comments and I'm like, who hates this guy? <laughs> yeah. uh, half the people love him. Half of them hate him. But when they're on, they're speaking. And I understand, like, there's only so much they can say. Like, let's use hand sanitizer. Let's wash your hands. Let's stay apart. If you wear a mask or not. All these things. That stuff's all great. Never once did I hear people say, hey, you guys, eat real food. Uh, take vitamin D. Take zinc. Get quality sleep. Don't stress. I heard none of that shit. Yeah. And why is that? I know. I was thinking about that when you sent me all that stuff because it's like we're right now there's a bunch of new drugs for cl under clinical trials that they're trying to find for coronavirus. But the simple things that everybody could be doing, um, I haven't seen any of that on the news as far as being healthy. And we know that coronavirus has affected people with comorbidities like diabetes, hypertension, lung disease, and there are things preventative wise that people could be doing just to be healthier in general Yes, and not be as affected by the virus and nobody really talks about any of that not once. stuff. When I watch this shit for hours and I'm like, and again, I, I know they have a certain script to stick to, but from a, a medical standpoint, like when you look at, okay, real food, it's... I don't even know I need to say that. It's common sense. Uh, don't sleep like an idiot. Don't drink booze every day and eat processed shit. But like, and I'm all for, like, if you want to go vaccines and medicine and all that, that's your guys' decision, whatever people choose to do. Do you know how cheap vitamin D is? It's, like, one of the cheapest-ass things yeah. in the world. And, like, how many people are, like, vitamin D deficient or insufficient even? And that it's not just a vitamin. Like, it regulates hormones. It's a real thing. Zinc, dirt cheap. Yet nobody said anything whatsoever. If you're talking immune system, would that not be like one of the first things you would recommend to somebody? Yeah, and and I heard I listened to the Joe Rogan podcast the other day, yeah. and there was Rhonda Patrick. Yes, yeah, she was talking about vitamin D as well. There's nothing evidence based medical wise that like says it's not going to cure you that vitamin D you're going to do better, but and. It, she was saying how like black people have are ones that are more deficient in vitamin D and they're also ones that have done worse with coronavirus. For sure. 
but is that just a correlation they happen to find those things in in those two groups or is vitamin d actually affecting your immune system and i don't think medically we know that for sure but at the same standpoint for most people taking vitamin d you're not going to have a lot of bad side effects so no it's not going to hurt especially if you're a place where you don't get the sun you don't go outside and like most people when you don't eat real food like you don't have optimal levels of almost anything yeah like and again like when the body is deficient of like okay I don't eat enough real food. My zinc is shit. I don't take like a vitamin C. I, I'm not drinking water. Like these are basic things where we're just like, eh, yeah. let's not talk about that. When you look at most Americans, no offense, like are not fit. They're not healthy. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I again, it affects everything is, you know, it's all random, right? Like I could randomly get a brain tumor. This shit can just happen. And like, do I want to go get a random virus? Well, no, I really don't. But God willing, it probably doesn't crush me as hard as the guy who's my same age who's 300 pounds and hasn't ate a piece of real food in three fucking years yeah but yet we don't say anything about that yeah and i think that's just part of our uh, the problem with our healthcare system or just america in general um because people want a quick fix so it's easier to take a pill for diabetes than to actually change what you're eating and work out and so people choose to take the pill because it's quicker it's a quick fix to the problem rather than actually fixing the underlying disease but you're like masking the issue basically yeah and you can take the drug and it's fine and again some people genetically there's things i understand that but for a lot of people it is self-induced yeah and i'm like then you have to take a pill forever and hopefully that is sustainable for 50 years yeah but what are the what are the effects of doing that for 50 years yeah like that's a shit we don't know which is crazy to me to think like we just don't Again, when you, for you, like the, the biggest issues you see on on a day to day basis, or overall the things we see, like when they do have hypertension and it's obesity, we can fix. I'm not saying eradicate because there's always going to be stuff that happens, but what could we cut down on, or like say from a you know a healthcare standpoint, money standpoint, by just having people take better care of themselves, but then not eliminate a lot of the shit you guys see. Yeah. And is it that complex? Yeah, I mean, I was even thinking just, I think there's a lot of new stuff coming out about how important your gut is and the bacteria in your gut and um, systemically how it really affects everything. And on a day-to-day basis, the amount of people that I see just like with constipation, abdominal pain, all of those things. And I mean, for some people, the root of it is their nutrition what they're putting in their body um they're not drinking water and some of them's opiate related so they're doing things that are just hurting themselves that could be avoided altogether but i think nutrition and all the processed foods that we eat it really affects gut bacteria and and like if you look at your immune system majority of it is originates in the gut yeah but they're not taking probiotics we're not eating real food. That's why I said, like, I don't think the average person even knows, like, what being healthy feels like. They have no fucking clue. Yeah. Because they haven't went three days in their whole life and just ate vegetables, protein, and exercised. Yeah. There's booze or there's something that goes on in there. And, like, when I pull these, because Julie Fouché shared some of these real quick, like, from the CDC, like, 94% of the people who they have listed, like, from COVID deaths had at least, like, one underlying chronic condition. So it's, like, having those, and again, if you don't, doesn't mean, like, you're bulletproof. But you're more susceptible to everything. Yeah. Not just coronavirus, but anything. 
and those are the people who are and again if you could get rid of those that would make the quality of your life better overall yeah and it's the simplest shit in the world eat real food exercise sleep drink water it's just weird that like we we have not heard that at scale from anybody we've said stay inside your house don't do this don't do this which again like you're not a mental health expert but like does that not jack you up if you we tell you to stay in your house so don't get don't get sunlight don't leave don't exercise uh eat your processed shit food and watch the news all day does that not a recipe to make you sick as shit yeah like wouldn't you think like even for me like i'm sure there was a time where you like are you like every day you go to work are you freaked out now no are you afraid you're gonna die no and so like and you work with people you, you get the randoms of the randoms every day like but there was probably a time in here where you went to work and you're like oh shit because you know the news the media panic porn i think we we've hyped can we agree we've probably hyped this up like yeah i think here anyways for sure yeah we've went crazy with it because people are now afraid to do anything yeah and i think that is i think stress in general and you correct me if i'm wrong like overly stressing like chronic stress to the body probably has an impact on your immune system and everything that goes on in your life which makes you more susceptible to all kinds of terrible shit yeah and then when we chronically stress if i had a guess you probably don't eat perfect you're probably not getting the best exercise. Your sleep is probably shit. And if you look at even friends of ours and people, the amount of drinking people have increased during this has yeah. been kind of insane to me. Yeah. Which is like a complete recipe for a disaster. Yeah. I mean, even in myself, like I said, in April, I wasn't working that much. And the things that I like to do are travel and go work out. And so I can't do either of those things. Being at home more... Um, and even myself, I'm like, I'm going to get depressed being at sure. home because I can't do anything. And then I, mean, I felt bad going anywhere because, you know, what if I'm an asymptomatic carrier? I don't want to infect anyone. So I, I don't see my friends. I like, The only person I saw really was my boyfriend outside of going to work. And, and it changes your entire life. It sucks. Yeah. It's depressing as shit. As great as my wife is. And uh, there's some days during this she wasn't that great, to be honest <laughs> with you. And it was like, but that was my only human. Yeah. And I would just say, thank God I have my dog. Because I'm like, this dog is amazing. Because your dog doesn't know. It just thinks like, what yeah. the hell are you guys doing home all day hanging out yeah. here? But like, that was at least fun. But it does fuck you up a little bit. Yeah. Like, now do you go see anybody? Um, I've been around a couple of people. Because um, at some point, like, okay, if you're the asymptomatic person, which is, would be terrible, what do you do? Yeah. You can't we can't you can't just live in your house for the next year. Yeah. I don't think we would be like mentally I don't know if we'd come back from that. No. And again, if they told me it was the everybody, you know, the mortality rate was twenty percent, then sure I guess that's the decision we make. But from an economic standpoint and a and a, a mental health standpoint and that like it's not a sustainable thing right now. Yeah. And I have one of my friends works at Mayo. She's not medical, but and she's been in the hospital. She's been around it. Um, I've been around her, and we're doing things like we went on a bike ride. We're outside. We're at the my pool, which no one else was at. And so, I'm like doing things that I'm not around a ton of people, but I've been doing more than I was. And, and thinking of that, just because like knowing you and you've taken some of the worst trips. Uh, <laughs> anybody I've ever met in my life because uh, I went to Greece and so did you but my trip was awesome and yours was terrible 
uh, when you think about that, right? So what do I got? I got eight minutes here. Um, like when we went, and I thought about that the other day because like Heather sent me a picture. Like cause I think Greece is letting people come back in like in July or something. Yeah, I think is, that, is it June or that. July? I'm not sure, but That's I did quick. see they were opening up. Greece yeah. doesn't give a fuck. They're ready to go. But again, like it's small. Who knows what will happen? But knowing what it takes to get there, that's a that's a yeah a journey of a lifetime. How does that work? From from you looking at it, like okay, the pl- the airport, the plane, the boat. For I mean, yeah, you're like you're herding cattle on that ship. Yeah, as great as the ship is, it's three hundred of you guys packed in. Grab your luggage and go. What do you think about that? Uh, I, that's probably not a trip that I would be taking right now. And I think there's... Because you know how hard it is, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's things that you could still do now, but being on, like, multiple planes internationally with a bunch of people that you don't know where they've been or what they've been doing. <laughs> and they're gross and dirty. Yeah. Well, I get that. I've always thought... Tra- I, I'm not a huge air travel person anyway. I got through it to take the trips. I don't love it. Like, I think it messes me up, like, more than probably it does you. Because uh, yeah, I think most a lot of humans are gross, and uh, they're just weird, and I don't like to be around them so much. I like to control my environment, but would you get on a plane? I'm actually flying. Oh back shit, dude! To You're taking the plunge, bro. Kansas City. When? It's a two-hour flight, um, like the middle of June. To, like see your family and stuff. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna go to Lake House. And you're like, but again, like you wear a mask all day. Yeah. So for you, it doesn't matter. Like you wear yeah. it at the airport and you wear it at the thing. It'll take four hours. It's like a normal day for you. Yeah. We're like, my wife, no, it's not happening. <laughs> like we went to get her antibody test and she made it about 20 seconds. Yeah. And then she ran out and had a panic attack. <laughs> and she's like, and the day before, she's like, we're going to take all these trips. I'm like, bro, I know you. And then we go back in. They're like, I'm like, do I have to wear a mask? She's like, do you feel sick? I'm like, no, we're fine. She's like, okay, take it off. You can do this shit. So they did it. But I said that because I don't think we play basketball once a year. And not for us because, like, again, I don't want to be irresponsible. My friends and I are, are, you know, we're younger. Most of us are healthy. But maybe they're, they're kids or their grandma and grandpa and shit like that. And, like, if I go home, it's not like I don't want to see my grandma. And, first of all, I don't. My grandma's a gangster. I don't think she gives a shit. Like, she's 88, hasn't been to the doctor in 30 years. <laughs> she don't believe in that shit. She's Midwest all the way. Yeah. You know, but I don't want to be the dude who's like, okay, here it is. Yeah. So I don't know if we'll go home this year. A, because I don't think, I don't want to wear a mask for seven hours. It would be, it's, it'd be a wet, hot struggle for me to yeah. try to do it. But with that said, like, then that means I don't see probably part of my family for like two years, which would really suck. Yeah. So you feel comfortable flying though? I do. And it's a two hour flight. We're just seeing my family. I'm not doing anything else. Um, And again, I think I'm younger. I'm healthy. So I'm not in the population that's really at risk. If I was 75 and I had some other medical problems, I wouldn't be flying. Probably won't roll the dice. No. Yeah. But again, like you have to live your life as a takeaway. Yeah. Like we can't live in fear forever, basically, based on the stuff you've seen and the numbers. So if you're listening in your in your 30s and you're healthy and you wanted to get in a flight, doctor says it's cool. <laughs> if you feel comfortable, right? Yeah. yeah. Don't blame me later if something goes <laughs> if something wrong. happens. <laughs> well, again, though, that's the thing. Like we could, you know, we both are tested, right? Yeah. But what if we go touch a banana at the store and then now it's like, well, what the fuck? Yeah. That's the thing, and that's like, what am I not going to eat food? Like I'm not. I, I mean, I have to do stuff at some point. Yeah. And like 
it's not a, a lives versus business thing, but like, are we never going to have fitness again? Are we never going to go to a restaurant? Like, we have to have, like, if we are humans, if we don't produce stuff, then nothing's here. Yeah. And there's nothing to come back to, really. So, I just, I'm, I'm interested to hear, I didn't, know you, I didn't know you were taking a flight, though. So I am taking nice, the dude. plunge. Yeah, I mean, but again, and I said, like, you said this to me before, like, you're in it every day. So, yeah. If, if it's going to happen, it's probably going to happen at work or something. Yeah. That's it. Interesting. And I wonder what percentage of people, like, you know, just walk around every day and just don't know. I mean, they were saying it, they thought it was like 80% of people were asymptomatic carriers, but um, now the numbers are much lower. And even in my hospital, we only had like 20 of 2,000 tests for the antibody positive. So um, there's not as big of a number as they initially thought that maybe had it and were asymptomatic. And like of, of the 20 people who tested like positive for the antibodies, did they all know they were sick? That I don't know. Yeah. Because some of them yeah. probably like, oh, I didn't even know. It just yeah. kind of happened. It's weird how, like, some people get completely jacked up, and some people it's like, that's what I'd yeah. like to know. Like, am I fucking Bruce Willis? I mean, I am. But, like, am I Bruce <laughs> Willis, like, an Unbreakable, where it's like, no, nope, had all the shit, didn't even know. Or, like, I get it, and I'm like, I'm fucking home for a week because I feel like shit. Yeah, and I think that is the one scary part, because... Even though you are young and healthy, there still have been young and healthy people that have been very sick. For sure. And on ventilators. And so that is the scary part. But I think you would be unlucky if that happened to you. Well, it's just like you could get pneumonia too or valley fever. Like there's a lot of shit. Like we know for people who had valley fever and they were like jacked up for a long time. And like you can get that just like running around outside in the dirt. Yep. That's gnarly, bro. Nice, man. Anything we missed here? Mm, I don't think so. Any advice? Any any takeaways for the audience listening who are like, they're at they're at home. They don't know what to believe. They're watching the news every day. They're freaked the fuck out. All they see is numbers and all these crazy things. If there's anything you would say to them, just as a person, I think you know as far as what we've seen in the hospital, it in Arizona anyways, it hasn't been these huge numbers of people, and so I think. If you want to go out, the thing to do is just just be smart and be careful. And if you're healthy and you're young, you're probably going to be okay as long as you're still smart about it. And if you're not, if you're older, you have comorbidities, then that population is the population that needs to be careful about what they're doing. Just take precautions. Yeah. Don't hook up with a bunch of randoms on Tinder. Don't do a bunch of stupid (laughs) shit. That's good life advice, I think, anytime, right? Yeah. Nice, dude. I think that's helpful. I learned a lot. I dig that. Perfect, dude. Uh, I'm not going to tell these guys where to stalk you, but uh, <laughs> we'll bring you back on uh, the podcast for sure. Uh, see how your trip goes and all the other things, but I uh, appreciate it, man. That's yeah, dope. thank you for having me. Um, if you guys have any questions for the doctor here, shoot me a message, hit me up. Uh, we'll bring her back on for sure. If you happen to be on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Drop me a five-star. Leave a couple of comments if you can. If you're on, obviously, your iPhone, just go to the podcast app, scroll your finger all the way down. Or if you're on your MacBook or your iPad, literally go to the iTunes icon, five-star ratings and reviews. I would appreciate it. And again, if anything else you guys want to hear in the podcast and I can speak on it with any intelligence or if we can get somebody like the good doctor here who's smarter than me to do it, I am happy to bring them on. But stay safe, stay sweaty, you guys. And until next time... 
Eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.